Hey everyone, thank you for joining me as we walk through the strange Paradiso. It is Sunday morning, it's about 9 a.m., so I have a little bit of me time to be able to come on and share a couple of things with you guys. Now, um, I want to um, just touch upon something that I left off with the last time I came on when I mentioned that the bow tie that we see on uh, the Chevy cars, that it's really not a bow tie, okay? The reason I said that is because um, I was alluding to something called sun symbolism. And that is exactly what we are looking at when we see this so-called bow tie. I know that there are many people who would say, no, that's not what it is. It's in fact a bow tie and so on. Well, that's what it's meant to do. It's meant to um, like trick people, okay, into believing that it's a bow tie, but actually it is sun symbolism. Just like the logo on the Chrysler cars, okay? Now, if you look at that, that is another sun symbol. Once you see these things and realize what these are, you are aware of certain things and other little logos and stuff like this as you will continue going forward. It's like once your eyes are open to certain things, it's almost like they're just popping out everywhere. You notice these things all of a sudden. So I just wanted to share that and what I was talking about, okay, when I mentioned that. You may be asking yourself, okay, well, what does that have to do with anything? Well, symbolism means a lot to the groups who use them for whatever their reasons are. I have heard people say that it's a form of communication. It's a form of um, maybe... I mean, I really don't want to go too far into this, but, you know, kind of like a sun worship. Because back in the ancient days, like in the Egyptian days, there was a lot of sun worship going on and things like this. Now, I'm not saying that just because you drive a Chevy that it means that you're one of these people and um, you're a sun worshiper and all this stuff and you're part of the occult. No, because I have a Chevy also. It doesn't mean that. But it's just something that if you care to take and in-depth look at some of these logos from different, all different types of corporations. It's just really interesting. Now, why they put them on their, their products, I don't know. I, I can't say. I have no answer for that. I believe that it probably goes back to the beginning of their LLC or their corporation, whatever the, that may be why these things are there. To us, they mean nothing. But to the people who began this whole thing, it meant something. So anyways, um, let's continue walking. Now, there was something that came, somebody sent me. We were talking about numbers and things like this. 
I was talking for some reason, okay, we got into the subject of the coronation. You, many of you all know how I feel about that and how I feel about the term king for any person who's on this earth, like Charles and anyone else who bears the title of king, all right? Well, I don't subscribe to that, and I've said that before. I will say it again. There is only one king, and he is not on this earth because that is Jesus Christ. That is the only king. So to call Charles and whoever else that give them that title to me is um, something that I just, uh, I, I can't call him that because he's not. He's a man. He's not a king. Okay. So we, anyways, we started talking about this and there's just so much occultism and just, I mean, it is really over the top. When you look at not only this so-called royal family, but all of them, they are all occultic. I mean, all of them. Maybe, and I'm not saying that I know for sure because I don't know. I'm not a celebrity watcher and anything like that, but certain things I have to notice, all right? And I was thinking one day, well, maybe that's why Harry left the royal family. Maybe he's not really a uh, a cook. You know, they're calling him all kind of names and this, stuff like this. See, I don't know for sure. So this is just theory. But maybe he left because he knows what's happening. And he decided that he didn't want any part of it. He wanted to get out of it. Because um, just about everything that these people do are they're done by the numbers and um, specific dates and full moons and I mean you name it. But um, it was brought up that uh, the the coronation of Charles was six months, six weeks, and six days after Elizabeth's death. So it's like okay. I mean, come on, guys. There is no way that this was just one of those things. Oh, they had no idea. And I'm going to go a little further and tell you that I was unaware of that. I remember thinking, why are they waiting so long to do this ceremony? Because um, Elizabeth passed away quite a while ago. So why is this taking so long? Some people said, oh, it's because they have to get everything all together and they have to uh, practice and this and that. No, no, no. I do not believe that. I believe that these people practice for these kinds of things all the time. They are constantly practicing because no one knows when one of these royals may pass away. So they have to always be ready. And it's not going to take six months, six weeks, and six days 
for them to practice and get it right and then plan the whole event. Mm, No. Just like the people who are at Arlington, all right? Those guys are always practicing. That is their job. That is what they do. So they're not going to be caught. uh, Oh, somebody died unexpectedly. Now we have to all start practicing. No, they do this constantly. They are always ready. So this was done because it was planned that way. These numbers, as we know, have a great deal of significance, especially these three sixes. So um, what I wonder about with things like this is, um, okay, well, we know what these numbers mean, okay? We know what the three sixes mean. But what is it that they, meaning the, the people who do this kind of stuff, like the coronation, what are they, what message, all right, are they trying to send out to the public with this? Are they trying to send out a message that uh, Charles is the Antichrist, or they are all part of Antichrist uh, beliefs? I mean, what, really, what are they trying to say? Do I believe that Charles is the Antichrist? No, no. He doesn't fit the, the profile of what's been explained about this individual, who the Antichrist, he does not fit. So there are so many people who talk about William. Well, William does not fit the profile either that we know of. He just, you know, there are certain things that are said about the AC. Charles doesn't fit. William doesn't fit. And as far as right now, There is no one that I can think of in the public eye who fits the criteria. And it has to be not just one thing or a couple of things. No, it has to be a perfect fit like Cinderella's shoe. Not just a couple of things that uh, a certain person will possess these certain uh, qualities or whatever that the AC is going to have. So as far as right now, I don't know because uh, I haven't seen anyone yet, okay? There are many who say that this individual, the AC, that he is alive and living, walking the earth today. I don't know how old this person is. I don't know where he is. But I I do believe that he is among the living today. So um, as we go forward, and sometimes also, okay, I, I feel that maybe this row of numbers, these three sixes, maybe have been somehow taken out of context. Maybe it's not 
the sixes. Maybe it's something else that adds up to a certain number. I, I don't know. But after so many years, I mean, this is biblical. This is in the Bible. And um, after so many years, we know that the, the translation becomes a little like muddied. We don't speak the way they used to speak in the ancient days. We don't have a lot of the knowledge that they had back then when they wrote this. So maybe we are like reading it and um, we somehow have changed it unknowingly, you know, while trying to figure it all out. I mean, this thing is just very confusing to me. But anyways, as of yet, I have not seen anyone who fits the shoe just has not fit. Okay. The next thing that I want to share with you is um, we were we have spoke before about things like werewolves and dogmen, shapeshifters, and even some shaman who are able to shift into different types of beings, okay? Different types of entities. Well, Sometimes I think, are they really shifting or do they just have a way of changing our perception, making us believe that we are seeing a certain thing? I mean, this can go uh, a couple of different ways, all right? That's why different people see different things many times. The times that I hear people, um, more than one person, okay, so you'll have a couple or maybe a little group of people who will all see the same thing take place, okay, well, that changes the dynamics right there. We know that um, that is truly what happened because the majority of time, it's like each individual will see something different according to maybe what their own fears are that has been known to happen. If some people hate clowns or some people hate uh, birds, I mean, there are certain types of birds that just kind of freak them out. So whatever it is that is like the individual's weakness seems to be what they see. Not always, okay, but a lot of the time. So anyways, um, this is something that happened in Minnesota. This happened a while ago. This person says he was about 15 years old. He went outside in the backyard. He was taking out the trash. One side of the yard, he said they lived on a little bit of property, maybe about an acre and a half. But on one side of the yard... It was kind of like raised and there was a sidewalk that was like if people were walking on that sidewalk, they could actually look down into the backyard and there was no fence. He said it was like a slope and there was no fence. So anyone actually up on the sidewalk 
could have kind of like slid down the slope into their backyard. And that had been known to happen. But people who did it, did it on purpose. It wasn't like there was an, they did it accidentally. There were like some school kids sometimes who would do that, just slide down that slope. He said, because it wasn't steep. It was just a little bit of a slope. And they would do that at times. He doesn't know why it took his dad so long to put up a fence. But anyhow, this one evening, he's going out there to take out the trash. And he said he saw movement out of the corner of his eye, but they were pretty used to people walking by up there on that sidewalk where they could look down into the backyard. And he said this thing wasn't walking. It just was there and it stood there. And he said it was like um, it, it didn't move anymore. And he thought maybe it was one of his friends. So he looked over. He says it was getting dark. It wasn't all the way dark. And this thing, okay, that was just standing there looking at him, it was a dog. So he felt like, okay, no big deal, but I hope that thing doesn't come down here in my backyard because he didn't know if it was like a biting dog or a friendly dog. So he goes and he throws the trash in the trash can and he's walking back towards the house and he said, this thing stood up on two, on two legs. He said, um, it's not like it struggled. It stood up just like it had been a person on all fours and just stood up. He said, I heard no crackling, no popping, but then when the thing stood up, it was so tall. He said it was probably about seven feet tall. And it had, he said, for lack of a better word, he said it had like tons of slobber dripping from its teeth. Its teeth were bared, okay? And he said it was growling, but the growl was actually different than anything he had heard before. He said it wasn't like a dog growl. This thing was growling and it was like a rumbling, a low rumbling type of noise. And he said it was so intense. I could almost feel it like in the air. And he was frozen. He said, I was afraid to move. There was nothing separating that thing from him. That thing could have just easily ran down that slope and got him. He said, to this day, I really don't know what it was I was looking at. All of a sudden... And this is really something. And he said, all of a sudden, he heard the sound of a collision, a car collision. One of the cars, like the back end, came around. And when it did, it knocked that thing off of the sidewalk. He said, one minute it's there. The next minute it's gone because the rear of that car 
just came around and struck that thing and knocked it somewhere, just knocked it off of that sidewalk. When that happened, the rear of that car was not even hanging off between the sidewalk and his backyard. He said, you would have thought that maybe the rear of that car would have been hanging, kind of like dangling in that side of the yard, but it wasn't. It stopped both wheels, both tires on the sidewalk. So, okay, his parents were in the house. Everybody ran out of the house, ran next to, you know, there in the street to see what had happened, what had taken place. He said he ran up that slope because he was looking for that thing that had been standing there. And there was nothing there. Nothing at all. He said if that thing would have been a person, that person would have been lying in the street, at least. But there was nothing. So after that, he told his parents what he saw. He told them what happened and how strange it was that those that there was a collision right there. Now, it seemed to me that this was a bit of an intervention of sorts. But anyways, when he told his parents, he said they didn't look surprised. They listened to him and they didn't say anything like, You've been watching too many movies or Twilight Zone or whatever it was. But after that, like the next day, him and his dad started building a fence. Now, it's not to say, because he goes on and he said, this thing was so agile. It's not to say that that thing couldn't have hopped over the fence or jumped the fence. But maybe being that there would be a fence there that would block the view was enough to keep certain things out. Certain things might do that because they see you out there. They see you as prey. So what they built was actually a brick fence. He said prior to that, it looked as if someone had began to build a fence because there was just one row of bricks up there. He said, you know, you had the sidewalk and then you had this one row of bricks, like someone maybe had intentions on building a fence, but they never did. So then him and his dad went ahead and they built the brick fence. So, um... I mean, it seems like more and more we are hearing about these entities. I know that um, it's not really anything that's new, although I don't know how far back this thing actually goes. All right. We know the legends of the werewolves and things like this, but it seems like um, maybe. I mean, these things have to come from somewhere. When you think of these movies, these old movies even, you know, you've got Dracula, you've got the werewolf. I'm not going to talk about the mummy because that's kind of like stretching it a little bit. 
But anyways, when you think about it, these things have to come from somewhere. I used to think to myself that some of the things that I had seen in certain movies probably actually had happened or had a little bit of truth to them because where else would these things come from? And you may even say something about uh, mummies, you know, when we were talking talking before about certain individuals not being 100% dead. Well, maybe that has something to do with it. I mean, sometimes it seems like maybe we're going out on a limb here. Maybe we're reaching a little bit too far. But when you have encountered certain things and seen certain things pretty much all of your life, like I had, and I know many of you have had also, you start to feel that, well, nothing really is out of the realm of possibility. Ten years ago, if people would have started telling me about dogmen, I probably would have laughed. I doubt that I would have believed that story. But now, as we have, you know, as we walk forward, we encounter so many more different things, so many more different accounts of people who have witnessed these things that um, you start to figure, well, there must be at least a little bit of truth here. So, I mean, we, we of course, have to be careful and um, at least a little bit, have a little bit of critical thought when we are told certain stories. But this kind of thing, yeah, there have been too many nowadays. I was um, reading a story earlier about a place in Texas called the Devil's Backbone. It's a highway in Texas that is said to be haunted. Well, I know that uh, there are many places around the United States, as well as the world, who um, have haunted areas or areas that are active because of certain things that have taken place. So in this location in uh, Texas, it is said that there have been battles there, not only during the Civil War, but also there were some um, battles between different Native American tribes back in history, in this area. So you have many people who say that uh, they encounter certain things while driving down this road, not only at night, but in the daytime also. And uh, there are a couple of accounts from people who were driving there, but this these two accounts have actually happened not at night, but like in the evening, where the things that they saw on the sides of the road actually jumped up on the hood of their car, okay? So that was like, um, wow, that's a really wild encounter. That's a getting close to being a physical attack because whatever it was that jumped up on the hood of their car wasn't doing that just because. I mean, to, to me, these type of things are doing that because they wanted to get you and harm you. 
So um, yeah, there is more than one account of something like that. There is also a bar or a tavern, whatever you want to call it, that is somewhere along that road, the Devil's Backbone Bar. And uh, that is also said to be haunted, which of course, if it's on that ground, it would be active. There would be things going on in there. And how majority of people who go into that place have experiences. So there are many people who say that they have traveled down that highway and they don't stop or plan on stopping until they get into the next town or they are off of that particular stretch of road, as well as people who say, no, I will not stop there at that bar. I, I don't want anything to do with that kind of thing. But there are accounts even of people seeing shadow people off of the sides of the road there and so on. So um, it's pretty interesting and why certain areas are active because battles and things have taken place. Once again, people were killed there. Battles are, um, you know, they're out there killing because that's part of war. So that these things are negative. And all of this stuff, even though whatever their reasons are, okay, whether they're protecting their area or whatever it is, it's still a negative energy. So these things continue over the years to attract negativity. And that's where these entities come from. That's why these things don't go away. People often ask me, well, why is it still happening after so many years? Well, because the negativity is not going to end. There was something that happened there. There was blood on that ground from people who were killed and wounded. That is a continuous, it's like a revolving door. So it's not going to end. I mean, it's not going to end until Jesus comes back, okay? But for right now, no, these things are not going to end. And um, this was actually the first time that I have heard of that road. So you guys can uh, go and look at this, look at the things that are reported from this area. I know that there's a lot of interesting stuff there. And also, perhaps, okay, because of what has taken place there, there was a portal opened up in that area. Just like this in encounter of whatever it was, a dog man or whatever there in Minnesota. Like, where did this come from? What brought this thing on? Why was it there? Was there something that took place in that area? Was there a ritual performed so many years ago? Did someone or a group open a portal in that particular area? Now, I don't know where or the, the city or the township. I don't know where that actually took place. 
I'm not sure exactly, like, I don't know what year it happened. I know it seems like it's been maybe a little bit ago, like, I don't know, maybe in the 80s or something that this took place. But um, what brings these things here? You know, I have so many questions. For me, it goes beyond just the experience. Okay, I know that things like that are traumatizing. It seemed to me that, um, I mean, we know accidents happen, but that collision happening at that time and knocking that thing out of this person's realm. I mean, the thing just disappeared and no one saw it. There were two cars involved in this thing and no one saw a dog or a person or anything. So also the thing about this is um, no one was injured. And he said it sounded horrific, but no one was injured. And as a matter of fact, it gets weirder. The cars were not all bashed. They were able to drive them away. He did say that, you know, they live on, at the time, they lived on about an acre and a half. And while it's, uh, it's a nice area of property, an acre and a half, but you can see the whole property. It's not like you have all these woods and all this stuff around the area. He said he never went further than those trash cans for a long time. He said, the, the next time I actually went to the end of my yard, the very end back there, he said it was probably about four years later. And he started taking that trash out earlier. Even with the fence up. Okay, well, um, that's about all that I've got for today. I am going to try to be back tomorrow. Oh, you know what? I'm not, I don't think I'll be able to be back tomorrow. Tomorrow is my um, movie day with my movie buddy. So I guess we're going to go see the new Fast and Furious. But now there's someone who's trying to like get in on our action who wants to see John Wick. So I don't know what we're actually going to see. But um, either one of them, I, I kind of want to see Fast and Furious. I've never seen any of those movies before. I just have seen like little clips of the movies. But um, I know that um, that Aquaman guy, I believe is going to be in this movie. Jason Momoa or whatever his name is. And um, I like Vin Diesel. So I'm, I'm looking to see Fast and Furious. Anyways, um, so I might not be able to be back until Wednesday. And um, that time, I'm going to um, try to bring some good stuff, okay? Anyways, guys, um, it's gloomy here in Southern California where I'm at today. Hopefully, it clears up wherever you are. I mean, just because it's gloomy doesn't really matter, all right? We still 
can take our walk. I prefer where the sun's out, but anyways, at some point, I'm hoping to, um, we'll be able to take a walk in the evening. We'll take an evening walk, right? As we get closer to October, we will take maybe a night walk because um, I have a feeling this year is going to be pretty intense. Anyways, everybody have a great Sunday. Have a great Memorial Day weekend. Um, Stay safe. And we will be walking and talking again soon. Once again, I want to thank all of you for joining me. You can always contact me, maybe underscore Maria at outlet.com. Yes, they they are all lowercase. All lowercase, maybe, little underscore Maria. Ciao.